Amen. Great to see you here this morning. I pray God is going to speak to us this morning. Challenge our hearts this morning. So turn to your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read a, a couple of verses of Scripture there. Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read there. I read about a woman, a woman named Jessica Horn. Um, she grew up in church and um, she was a church secretary. She functioned uh, in a large church uh, as a secretary, so she was there. Um, and back in the 80s, she mentioned uh, that God gave her real peace. That sounds nice. I mean, that's, that's you know, praise God. I, you know, I pray that for everybody. But she said, God gave her real peace uh, when she asked about doing an interview with the Playboy magazine. Uh, now, I'm glad. I'm glad there wasn't that much reaction. I mean, not many of you know what the Playboy magazine is. That's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> now you're laughing. Maybe you do know. You just kept quiet. They want to let everybody know that you know what it is. Okay. So the Playboy magazine is, uh, is a, uh, a pornographic magazine. Um, and she said that God gave her real peace in doing an interview, and not just doing an interview with them, but posing nude or topless as well. God gave her peace that she can go ahead and do that interview and pose topless. Uh, um, and the news report said that she considers herself a Christian, um, but she goes to God one-to-one. She doesn't go through any organization or any church uh, or any group. She goes to God one-to-one, and God gave her real peace to do that. When I read that story, it reminded me of uh, um, uh, an article, or not even an article, an interview I heard a couple of weeks ago on the radio, Premier Christian Radio of all places, God bless them. Um, A a lady was talking about a a new calendar that they was promoting. They was promoting a calendar because they was trying to raise money for charity or some Christian organization. And, And what they decided to do was do a nude calendar. And that, for, that means that everyone takes pictures with no clothes on, and they, they hide themselves in a way you don't actually see anything. And what she said, this is a Christian reader, what she said was, you know, it, it is a Christian organization and it was tasteful. And she said, I was proud of those who did it. They were so brave to do that, to take off their clothes and take pictures. They're so brave to do that. I'm proud of them. We could learn from them, is what she said. It was tasteful. Now, church, what is that? When people name the name like that, and still live like that, what is that? It's deception. That's what that is. Somewhere along the way, someone has taken them down the path, and they're living a life deceived. They're going through making decisions as if it's okay, but they have been deceived, and they are now living a life that is deceived. I want, we know the powerful scripture in John 8, 32 says, you shall know the truth, and it is the truth that will make you free. And I want to preach today, this morning, about the deception. Because it's real. It has been real from the beginning of time. It's been real throughout the ages. And it's real today that people live a life that is deceived. Or they are deceived. And when you live a life, when you are deceived, you make some weird and horrible decisions. I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, The Deception. We're going to read all the way from the beginning, Genesis chapter 3. 
Verse number one. And we're going to read a couple of verses of scripture. Go all the way down to verse number 13. Maybe a little bit long, but it will paint the picture and give us an idea what we're talking about. The Bible says here, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, uh, that is was pleasant for the eyes and uh, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave it to her husband. Thank you very much. God bless you for that. Uh, and he ate. And the eyes of both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And the man said, the woman you gave to me, she gave her the tree and I ate And the Lord God said to the woman, what is it you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. The deception. So we can see that this profound spiritual force has been in action right from the beginning of time. Right from the very start, right from day one, we see that deception has wormed its way in and has been here ever since. To the point where people can live a life that has been deceived and now their life is off track because they have been deceived. I want to quickly look at three elements of the deception. The first one I want to look at is the deceiving spirit itself. Because I want to bring a differentiator between um, uh, deception and lies, or deception and lying. And you know, they are quite similar, very, very close. Um, but I want to say to you that lying is one of the tools used in deception, but there is a slight difference. You see, because telling lies is usually to do with oneself. Telling lies is usually to do with just you and yourself. You know, people may lie to get themselves out of trouble. Come on now, you, you, you're, you're going down, you're, you're driving your car, you're speeding, the police pulls you over, you say, hey, what's going on? You say, oh yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm late for this, or I'm late for an appointment. You, you try and like to, to get yourself out of trouble. I've never done that, praise God, not in this church, you guys have never done that either, I know, God bless you. But listen, sometimes lies are just to do with oneself. People may lie to try and make themselves look good. Come on now, on their CV, they might embellish some of the things that they've done. Come on, the CV says that, yeah, I've done this, I've been a part of this, I have this experience. You say that you have this experience, you mean you watch one YouTube video and now you're an engineer. Come on. You might lie to make yourself look good. Sometimes people just lie just for the sake of lying, just for no reason at all. They're just lying. I don't know if you've ever met somebody like that, just lying for no reason. <laughs> Come on now. 
So lying usually is to do with one's self. And listen, how me know lying is bad enough. I'm not making a pass for lying. I'm not saying that it's good. It is bad enough. Bible says in John 4 verse 24 that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in what? Truth. So we know lies is terrible. We should not be doing that. But I want to make a differentiation between lies and deception. You see, because deception or deceit is so evil because it is to do with others. It is to do with a group or it's to do with other people's belief systems. You see, deception is the, it has internal or intentional ramifications for others. Deception is to do with changing the belief systems of others and it's usually done in one of two ways. It's usually done either direct and aggressive or subtle and shrewd. See, direct is just straight up in your face. There's no like subtleness about it. It's just straight deception. Listen, in Exodus 32 and verse number four, we know the children of Israel, they come out of Egypt. God delivered them miraculously. And here in verse number four, it says, and he received the gold. This is Aaron. He received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Then they said, this is your God, O Israel, that brought you out of the land of Egypt, just straight deception saying, listen, forget all the stuff you've seen, this golden image now is your God this is what brought you out of Egypt, and people started to worship this false God people started to bow down the Bible says they rose up to play this is straight, direct aggressive deception, there's no two ways about it, they wanted to change their belief from serving God to serving this molded calf and how many know, we see people day after day around us walking around worshipping something other than the almighty God have you seen that people worshipping other things other than God people serving other things listen they are deceived how many walk around and go around in this place and even in this city say there is no God they are deceived that's direct that is aggressive straight up in their face deception But there's also another side of deception which is not as aggressive, it's not as direct, and this is subtle. And it's that type of deception that is evil. You see, so subtle, in fact, that it even can be used in the house of God. So subtle that people can still call themselves Christians, but they have been deceived. So subtle that um, this kind of deception, um, it tries to avoid in making altercations um, and instead makes alterations. Come on, because an altercation is so big, it's, you know, it's an argument. Um, if you come up to a Christian and say, there is no God, listen, they're gonna, you're going to get into a debate, you're going to get into an argument, there's going to be a problem there. But listen, instead of making an altercation, um, this kind of deception just makes an alteration. Yes, there is a God. But you can do this, or you can serve him this way. The serpent goes straight for Eve, doesn't start to say, listen, God don't exist. That would be foolishness. That would be a wasted battle. Instead, he comes and makes an alteration to the word of God. Look at verse number one in our text. The Bible says, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
Right then and there, we see the oldest trick in the book, literally. He is trying to alter the word of God. God said something, and here comes the enemy trying to alter it. And unfortunately, what breaks my heart is that people in this generation, people in 2022, are living a life where they have been deceived. People that name the name of Jesus Christ are living a life of deception because they have not fallen for the direct deception where they say there is no God. Yes, we know there's people falling like that. They need to be saved. That's why we go out and outreach. We preach to those people that are lost. But those people that have said they have found the light, people that have said Jesus Christ is King of Kings, there is still some deception in there because they've allowed people to make alterations to the Word of God. And now they're living a life deceived. It pains me that I have to stand up behind a pulpit and preach to men and women of God and tell you that some people are living a deceived life. Listen, I've heard people tell me, listen, sex outside of marriage is okay just as long as you love each other. How many know people are deceived that believe that? But there are people on the sound of my voice that think that is okay. Listen, people have the idea that they can carry on in a dishonest manner in their dealings with money, in their dealings at work, in their dealings with schooling and say things like, oh, the Lord will understand. Listen, you're living a life that is deceived if that's the way you're living. The list can go on and on and on with many different adjustments that have been made. And here we have the spirit of a subtle deception. And the reason why it's so evil is that because you can carry on living out this life as if you are going the right direction where this small adjustment means that you're off track. And by the time you get to the end, you realize that this small alteration has now become a huge gulf and God doesn't even know who you are anymore. Deception. There's three elements of deceptions. The first thing is the deceiving spirit itself. Um, I want to look at the other two, and it's the two parties involved. And of course, the first one is the deceiver. The second is the deceived. Um, Let's look at the deceiver. The first point um, I need to make is that there is a deceiver. Whether you like it or not, there's somebody that has uh, your worst interest at heart. There's somebody that wants to take you out. Listen, you look nice today. You are a lovely person, but you must understand you have an enemy. You have somebody that wants to trip you up. You have somebody that wants to be a stumbling block before you. That is the devil, the enemy. He is the deceiver. He wants to derail you. He wants to take the truth that you have and rip it out. If the truth has bore fruit in your life, he wants to uproot it and put there his deception that's first point the second point is we need to understand his character verse number one the Bible says now the serpent was more cunning everybody say cunning the serpent was more cunning the definition of cunning is literally having or showing skill in achieving one's goal by deceit 
That's what cunning means, that they're able, they're able to use deception to, to, to achieve their goals. He understands how the spirit of deception works and he's able to use that to achieve his goal, to affect the people, to affect what God loves, to affect the apple of his eye. He's able to use deception to achieve his goal. That is the deceiver. And he will continue to try and do that, whether aggressively or whether subtly. We need to understand the deceiver. We also need to understand the deceived. And that is those in receipt of deceit. Verse number six here, the Bible says, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate she also gave to her husband with her and ate. I want to look with you that Eve was deceived because she was deceivable. And I say that not to say that, oh, it's the woman. No, no, I'm talking about mankind. Mankind was deceived because they was deceivable. And I want to kind of substantiate what I'm talking about. What does that mean, deceivable? Well, if you look at 1 Corinthians 6 and verse number 9, Paul is talking to a church. He's writing a letter to the church in Corinth. And he says to him a few things. One of the things he says in verse number 9 is, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God says these words do not be deceived neither fornicator nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God now it's a huge list there quite heavy but this is simple yet profound. Paul is saying, do not be deceived. Why? Because it is possible that we can be deceived. He's saying, do not be deceived because we are deceivable. There is some uh, personal responsibility we need to take for this. Uh, saying, he didn't say, listen, do not try to be deceived. He says, do not be deceived. In other words, you have a personal responsibility. You can be deceived or you can say, no, I'm not going to be deceived because you know the truth. The truth we said at the beginning is what's going to make you three. So Paul said, listen, do not be deceived. That is your personal responsibility. Don't let anyone take you away away from the word of God. Don't let anyone speak against what God has already spoken. Don't let anyone put anything inside of you. Don't let temptation come and overthrow you. Do not be deceived, Paul tells those people. In Matthew chapter 24, we understand that Jesus is giving a prophetic sermon. He's talking about what's going to happen in the future. He tells his disciple what's going to happen at the end of the age. And in verse number four, he says these words. Take heed that no one deceives you. In other words, he too, Jesus Christ, is given the responsibility over to the disciples saying, don't let no one pull the wool over your eyes because it's possible that you will get deceived. He's saying, don't let anyone deceive you. So you have a responsibility this morning to guard your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for the issues of life flow from it. He's saying guard it. Literally put like an army barrack. Put like a, a soldier at the door. Guard it. Why? Because we can be deceived. And if we live a life deceived, we will start to 
do and enter into things that we're not meant to be doing. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I've seen people, and it seems easy, but I've seen people who want God to bless them. They want to say that they're good, but you can't have the blessings of God when you turn your back on his law. Any part of his law. You can't have the blessings of God when you live just like the world. Come on now. Now I'm not talking about falling in sin. Nobody's perfect here. I'm not talking about falling in sin and, and you know, praying for repentance. I'm talking about intentional. I'm talking about, listen, that's just the way we are. Listen, I'm talking about things we do that we just, we just, we just make excuses for it. I'm talking about, you know, the, 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 the things. I remember one uh, pastor was telling me that they was going around to, he was going around to visit somebody. Um, he was going around to visit this young man who needed to, he was saying, Pastor, I need your help. I need you to come pray for me. Going through a list of issues. And that's a blessing that you call on a, a man of God to come to your house to pray. And, and they would do all the time. Amen. So this, my, my friend, he went to this house, went to pray for this man. And this man sat him on his couch uh, and started speaking to him, telling him about the issues in his life and, and the problems. Um, and as they were speaking, um, uh, a young lady walked out of the, the bedroom um, and said, Babe, do you want a cup of tea? <laughs> now that seems normal, but <laughs> this is a single man. The pastor's like, oh, who's that? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's just a friend. No way. He's like, oh, okay, a friend. Does she live here? And he's like, uh, he started sweating, started all sorts of stuff talking about. So here we have a man of God uh, saying, uh, listen, I need the pastor to come pray for. I've got some issues and so on. Um, and he's talking, saying, God, I want God to bless me. I want God to issue. I want this. But when we're dealing with basic, simple things, he starts making excuses and wonder where, why his life is in a, in a turmoil, why his life is going the way it's going, because it's simple, basic. You've been lied to. Somebody told you that it's okay to live like that. And you said it's okay. Somebody told you that's a lie from hell. Can you say amen in this place? We have to address this. And many times I have to address this. This is not one of those sermons you would hear in a mega church because, listen, because so many people are living like that and to, 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 to speak like this under the unction of the Holy Spirit will ruffle some feathers. But listen, I don't mind ruffling some feathers because I'm going to be accountable before God. As I stand before this pulpit, I have to deliver the whole gospel, not just a tiny piece of the gospel. I have to tell you the whole gospel. Why? Because I love you and I want to see you in heaven. I want to see you right there in the pearly gates. So if you've been deceived, we need to give the truth. Can you say amen in this place? Amen. Secondly, I want to say that deceived people deceive people it's a cycle deceived people go on to then deceive people you know when Eve took off the fruit what did she do she also gave to her husband and he ate see people who have been deceived they want friends People who have been deceived living a certain way, they want to bring people down that journey that they're experiencing also. 
It's like sometimes yeah, I see this, I see it all the time. It's like, listen, you've been in sick, can't you just mind your own business. Why you gotta tell other people for why you gotta go ahead and bring other people down all the time? People, you've heard them before talking about has people said this or, or don't let people tell you this. I remember talking about my commitment to God and I was speaking to another person who used to go to another church. I said, I'm committed to God and I wanna serve God. And they said, listen, that church is a cult if they tell you you can't sleep with women. That church is a cult if they tell you you can't go and drink alcohol. I said, there's no, it's not a cult. Listen, Jesus Christ has set me free. In other words, you're the one that's bound if you can't go a Saturday night without drinking. You're the one that's bound if you can't go a Saturday night without finding another woman or a man to go and sleep with. But listen, because people are deceived, they want to deceive others as well. People who are deceived, deceive people. Listen, listen to 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 33. Bible says, do not be deceived. There it is again. That's your responsibility. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Why? Because deceived people deceive people. There's three elements to deception. It's the deceiving spirit itself, the deceived, and the deceiver. I want to look secondly with you as I tend to wrap this up, the difference after deception. Now, the reason why deception is so evil is because the deception allows sin to infiltrate our lives. When we are deceived, we now allow sin to come into our life and we partake in sinful things. And sin then brings a separation. Sin brings a separation. In our text, listen, they have been deceived. Adam and Eve have been deceived. They've taken up the fruit. They've been deceived by the enemy. They've taken up the fruit, stepped into sin. But now sin has entered the life. Now I want to look at this theologically. Sin has entered the ground. They're hiding. God comes and asks a question. Bible says, then the Lord God called to Adam. In verse number nine, the Lord God called to Adam and said, where are you? That question bothers me. God said, where are you? That question bothers me because we understand that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time. So he knows exactly where you are. Not only is he everywhere, the Bible says, or we understand as a theological term, that God is omniscient. He knows everything. He knows he is not without knowledge. He is with knowledge. He is all-knowing. Uh, all he is everywhere. So for God to come to the garden and ask the question, where are you? That bothers me. That doesn't make any sense. But then you can understand the power of sin. You see, because sin is able to separate you from your creator. Before sin, there was one in the garden. He used to walk in the cool of the day. Now sin has entered in. It caused God, the all-knowing, all-powerful God, to ask the question, where are you? As if he didn't know. He asked the question because there was now a blockage. There was now something something in between him and his creation. There was something dark and that is sin. And you see, it's so powerful that sin can separate you from your God. You can be saying, I'm a Christ follower. I believe in God. But if sin is in your life, you are living separate from God. You are living in a God forsaken place. 
have another, the place where God forsake is a place of cursing. Sin has that power so much so that when Jesus was on the cross, Jesus who took the sin of all of us, of sin of me, the sin of you, the sin of all mankind laid upon his shoulders. He was on that cross. It must have been chilling for him when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's the power of sin. Sin separates us from the creator God. Sin hinders the connection with God. That's why deception is so evil because if you are deceived and you start to dabble in sin and you allow sin to to live in your life, then you are going to live a life which is separate from God. And listen, if you live a life that is separate from God, listen, that is identified as a God-forsaken place. And they themselves, the Bible says, said they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Listen, how many know we can't live a day without the presence of the Lord? Can you say amen in this place? Come on, we can't do this on our own. We are just flesh and blood. Listen, when we die, we go back to the ground. We need God. We need to have the connection with God. So I'm saying this to say this. If there's things in your life, if there's sin in your life, secret sin in your life, deception that makes you think things are okay you need to re-evaluate because if you are living a life that is God forsaken there's only one outcome for that and that is judgment if you're living a life separate from God he will not even know who you are that's why Jesus said that on the day there's going to be people that are going to say Lord Lord we did this in your name we did that in your name and he's going to say I don't even know who you are Not because he doesn't know everything, because there was a separation. On that day, people will be bewildered thinking, what's going on? Well, it's sin that separated. What's the antidote? What's the antidote for deception? You know, there's an illustration told of the devil. Once the devil was walking along with one of his demons, And they saw a man ahead of them picking up something shiny. What did he find? asked the demon. A piece of the truth, the devil replied. Doesn't that bother you that he found a piece of the truth? asked the demon. No, the devil said. I will see to it that he doesn't find the whole thing. The antidote to deception is truth. And we need the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth. John 8, 32, Bible says here, you shall know the truth, like I said at the beginning, and the truth is what will make you free. Church, it's important that we traffic in truth. It's important that we live in truth. We digest the truth. We submerge ourselves in the truth. And we understand that Regardless of whatever else is happening, we need to strive to find the truth. Because in this day and age, as many things as going to take our attention, that's seeking to take our focus. There's many things that can take us off kilter. I find it important that Galatians 1 verse number 8, this is Paul uh, warning people, says, Even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, to you than what we have preached to you, 
let him be accursed. In other words, deal with truth and truth only, regardless of who is telling you. It is even if we come to you and preach something else, don't even believe us. If an angel from heaven comes and says something else, don't even believe. Somebody told me that God is not bound, He can work outside of the box. He, you know, he, says, he told me to think outside of the box because He says I'm too limited. He says think outside of the box. God can work outside of the box. And I said, what do you mean God can do something contrary to His Word? He said if He wants to, I said that is wrong. That's a lie from hell. If, if an angel come down here in glory, place of shine, starts to preach anything other than the gospel that is in the word of God, let him be accursed. That's what Paul said. And I say that because there's so much in our generation today. You can flip on anything. You can even flip on the God channel on Sky TV. You have to test each spirit. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and alive. No one gets to the Father except going through the truth. Come on now. Jesus said, I am the door. If somebody climbs up another way, they are a thief and a robber. Look at Revelation chapter 22, verse number 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, from the things which are written in this book. Church, we know Jesus Christ is the only way. We understand he is the truth. We understand he is the door. But I preach this to say because I believe God wants us to say or to hear, do not be deceived. We're coming into a time where Jesus warned us that many will be deceived. He even said that even God's own elect, if possible, will be deceived. So hear me now, church, this morning. Be encouraged that you've heard a word from God as a reminder, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. The sin that you're involved in, you know it's wrong. Don't be deceived by anybody telling you that's okay, God understands. No. God's so against sin that he had to send his only son to die for that. And at the point of when he's on the cross, the father, I mean, imagine that the father had to look away. Had to, it was, it was too much. If God can do that to his son, how much more you? We need to be honest with God this morning and say, if there's anything in my life, God, I repent and turn away from it. And I want the truth, nothing but the truth. Because when you traffic in truth, that's when you'll truly be free. Freedom comes when you traffic in truth. So much deception around us. and We don't want to be uh, confused or pulled away by that. We want to traffic in truth and live by the truth.
because the truth will set you free. Who believes that in this place? Um, come on, let's give him a shout of praise in this place. Um, Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, for your truth. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. The deception. We're living in a world that has been deceived. Deceived from the very beginning. And unfortunately, many people are still living in that deception. And deception is like darkness. Deception is like darkness. But Jesus Christ is the light, the light to chase away darkness. Maybe you're here under the sound of my voice and you have never experienced Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You don't know Him as your, as your personal Savior. You don't know that heaven will be your home. You've never accepted Christ in your life. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior right here, right now, under the sound of my voice. So if you're here, you're honest with me and saying, Pastor, I want to accept Jesus Christ. I want to start a fresh, start anew. I've been living in sin and I want to be made whole because His blood can wash away sin, give you a brand new start. If you're here in this place, you want Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior. You've never done that before. Just raise your hand as a sign to me. I'll count it a privilege to pray with you. If you're here in this place, be honest with God. Yeah? You want Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You don't know Him as your Savior. You want Him. Raise that hand in this place. I'll count it a privilege to pray with you. Amen. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. Maybe you're here and you used to know Christ, but along the way you've allowed sin been deceived and allowed sin to pull you away. Now you're living contrary and you want to come back to Christ. Raise that hand in this place. Uh, I'm kind of privileged to pray with you. Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. And he wants to come in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Speaking to Christians in this place, believers, soldiers for the Lord, those that saved, washed by the blood. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. We know the whole long list of people, the unrighteous will not enter the kingdom of God. But it's possible that we can make accommodation for sin in our life. It's possible that we can make excuses for sin in our life. It's possible that we can live in a way that is not fitting to have the title Christian. Listen, I'm not talking about making a mistake, stumbling. and Listen, I'm talking about just making those ex excuses, you cover-ups. Listen, we need to get rid of that. Don't let anyone tell you you're too radical. Don't anyone tell you you're too serious. Calm down. You don't have to do that. Calm down. No, that's deception. Don't let anyone deceive you. Make solid decisions to serve God. Be radical against sin because sin will be radical against you. 
Sin has no problem. The devil has no problem taking you out, your family out, your destiny out. There's some decisions you need to make about things you're involved in, things that you do. There's decisions you need to make about people you speak to, people you hang around with. There's decisions you need to make about places you go. There's decisions you need to make about things you watch. Come on, things you listen to. There's decisions you need to make. Because if you think you can live serving God as a Christian, but indulge in things of the world, that's deception. That's a lie from hell. And you've been deceived. The Bible says if you love the world, the love of God is not in you. That's the word of God. The world is enmity against God. So we need to make some decisions. What we want to do, listen, lay it all open today. Don't miss this opportunity. Lay it all open today. Ask God, and if you're here, ask God to help you, to strengthen you, to to keep God, to watch your heart, that you are not deceived in this day and age. What we're going to do, we're going to stand to our feet. These these altars are going to be open. We're going to come and make some decisions. If you want to come and pray, come, let's lay it at the altar today. Let's make a decision to say, you know what? All those things I've made excuses for, I'm going to let them go. All those things that have caused stumbling blocks in my life, I'm going to let them go. I'm I'm going to address them today. I'm not going to make excuses any longer. Lord, I know the truth and I want that truth to make me free. So let's come. Let's make some decisions in this place. Come. Come to these altars. These altars are open. Lay it before God. Come find a place to pray. We're going to sing a song of worship in a second, but come. I want us to pray in this place. If that's you, come. If God has spoken to you, if God has pricked something in your heart, come. Lay it down before the foot of the cross. Father, we thank you, Lord God, right now. We worship you, God. God, we bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for your word, God, so true, God. Thank you, Father, God. Lord, we worship you, God. We bless your name, Lord Jesus. God, we lay it down before you, God, right now. Oh, God, we call upon your name. Oh, Father, God, to wash us. God, we will stand in truth. God, we come against the lies of the enemy. God, we come against the lies, oh, Father, God, of this generation. God, and we stand in truth. God, we stand, oh Father God, wanting you, God, serving you, God, longing for you, God. I'm praying, Father God, make us the men and